0: Welcome to the Podcast Launchpad. I'm your host, Angela Kelly-Smith, the author of the Amazon bestseller, The Podcast Launch Playbook. I've been podcasting since 2012, and I'm sharing everything I've learned to make podcasting and promoting your business with the podcast as simple and as stressless as possible. So prepare to take notes and get ready for liftoff. Your audience is listening. I am so thrilled to have on today's guests, Abigail Pumphrey and Emily Williams, the business fairy godmothers behind Boss Project and the hosts of the chart-topping podcast, The Strategy Hour. We're going to be chatting about how to have a life-first business while having a podcast. Abigail and Emily are experts at creating a life-first business. We're adding podcasting in there because running a podcast takes extra time that you'll need to consider when creating a life-first business. Abigail and Emily are internet famous for their program Trello for Business, which breaks down boring and complicated systems into bite-sized chunks. They've helped over 10,000 creative small business owners create simplicity and ease in reaching their goals. After getting their start in 2015, serving clients in the marketing and branding space, they now help other service-based business owners reignite their offer, create systems for client experience, and get more of their time back inside their program, The Incubator. Welcome, Abigail and Emily. I am so happy y'all are here today.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having us.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about y'all's podcast for a minute, The Strategy Hour. It is in my weekly podcast rotation. I (laughs) just love it. (laughs) So can y'all tell listeners a little about what it's about and why y'all started it? Yeah. So
2: The Strategy Hour podcast is our twice weekly show that's full of little biz rants are very opinionated strategic perspectives of what's going on in the online world of service-based business ownership and what it means to truly show up as a CEO, as a life-first business owner, to be intentional with strategies that are foundational and actually work and aren't rooted in trendy once-in-a-lifetime jackpot opportunities and really building a Business that's sustainable, that's ethical, that feels good in alignment for what you want to do, for how your team wants to run. We share everything from our own life lessons with our own clients, things that we're seeing literally as we're in the business and behind the scenes of other service-based business owners things that we're testing and trying ourselves the results of the good bad and ugly and everything in between and a little bit of like I don't know we're also humans that have lives <laughs> and a little bit of that is sprinkled into that as well and it's been it's been a really fun journey we're up to like almost 700 episodes we've been running that show since 2017 it actually launched the same week that my daughter was, born question mark yeah I think so she was born on a Thursday and I think we released our first episode like that Monday or Tuesday or something we used to drop three days a week Mm. Monday was a Friday and uh then we ended up going down to two days a week. We've shifted some seasons. We've had guests on the show with us lately. It's just us. You just get to hear us talk smack about what's going on in the business world, but it's truly one of my favorite parts of our job where Abby and I just to get, get to just like shoot the shit. And it's really great. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been a really fun Legion tool for us, a big converter for us. And it's one of our favorite projects.
1: Yeah. In terms of how and why it got started, it's kind of a funny story. (laughs) We went to a business conference and we're speaking and we were being quizzed constantly. Oh, what's the name of your show? And at that time, it was like pretty trendy to start a podcast. So it was almost assumed like if you were in our industry had one but we didn't and we didn't have a show and we got on the airplane back to Kansas City and we're like everyone just assumes we have one like do we need need one should we have one and we're like okay if we're gonna do this thing we're gonna do it right and so we built a plan and we launched it and landed in the top 15 of all podcasts across the globe and and really hit it hard from the get-go and have really been able to use that initial ranking to keep us moving forward in the long term. And so it's been a really wild ride over the last several years at this point, mm-hmm. but it has been such a fun part of our business.
0: That's awesome. I, yeah, I'm with you. I love podcasting. It is so much fun. Mm -hmm. I have been doing it with a separate podcast, Geek Girl Soup, since 2012. And that one is a pop culture podcast. Mm -hmm. It really is just for fun. We talk about movies and TV shows every week. Bring me Um, on. I want to talk stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It is a blast. It is. Two of us. I mean, sorry, three of us every week. Sometimes just two. We do side podcasts, and sometimes Love. it's five of us. It's awesome. Yeah. So I teach women entrepreneurs to use podcasting as a tool to mm-hmm. boost their authority, to expand their audience, and get more clients. Mm-hmm. So, has podcasting helped you all do all of that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I definitely think from an authority standpoint, we we were already kind of on the rise as being seen as an industry leader in our space when we launched the show. Um, I think if anything, it's sort of solidified that spot. But we, since then, have made far less effort in being popular and far more effort in making sure our business was sustainable for us. And so, that meant strategically growing slower than some of our peers, even though we were seen as industry leaders. But over time, because of the energy we've poured into it and consistency that we put behind it, it has been one of our best tools for indoctrinating new people into our philosophies Mm -hmm. and, and how we think and how we coach. And in our, in our way of kind of walking people from, you know, step one to step three, like you see our style. And so because of that, when we have prospects reach out either to join our program, like the incubator, or they're interested in working with us one-on-one on on the agency side, they're already ready. Mm -hmm. And so we don't necessarily have to spend additional time trying to build that interest or even build that trust. They've already been listening to the show sometimes for years.
2: Yeah. We hear from clients who they, they come onto a discovery call or they, they join a webinar or whatever it might be where they're like virtually meeting us for the first time. And they step in and they're like, I feel like I already know you. You've been in my ear twice a week for years. And they have, such an intimate relationship with us. So we don't have to spend that time talking about ourselves. We can then completely shift it and be like, great, you know, us now I want to know everything about you. And they get to do what everyone loves to do is talk about themselves. And so it's a really great, really great position to be in because like Abby's saying, it's like, we don't have to reiterate our business philosophies or how we tackle things or how we, our strategies or our values, you know, all of that. If you listen to the show.
0: So true. I found it to be a really excellent tool to pre-sell clients or, you know, ideal clients before they come to you. That is so true.
2: Well, and one of the smartest things we, I feel like two really smart things that we did when, when we first launched the show, I said, I'm about to go on mat leave. So the only way we're going to do this is if we don't do editing, I'm not going to learn audio editing right now. I have no time for that. So we need to outsource that. And so Abby was like, great. If we're going to outsource that, then I want to get it paid for. And so like, I don't want to just have an extra expense. So we were really intentional from the very beginning to integrate partnerships as ads, like from the very beginning, even if it wasn't like, you know, a HelloFresh ad quite yet, which we're getting to do now, amazingly. But from the very beginning, no one knows who you are. They're not going to give you ad dollars. But we were recording advertisements for our own products, for products that we were an affiliate for, and really telling our story of why that product, software, service, or whatever was amazing. And started making money immediately from those ads and partnerships where we would work with a brand and offer podcast ad spots, even if they weren't a huge company, a huge well-known brand yet. And that funded the project within the first month. Mm. And so that has been really incredible for the past, you know, almost six years now.
0: Yeah. And that's great advice because running ads, even for an affiliate that, that you're part of is a great way to start making money right away. Well,
2: and you can use that as proof to then go to other companies who do spend money on ads mm-hmm. and say, here are the results I got this company and right. you're getting paid the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah Getting
1: true. that start, getting that kind of going from the get-go, like sure, you're not getting paid for initially saying the things, but right. you get paid when the sale happens. And, and that's just proof that you are, can do your job and you can get an ROI and being able to use your downloads and impressions alongside proof that you're converting on the other end it makes it a lot easier when you start to navigate advertising space or or other ways to earn a profit from building
0: Mm -hmm. the podcast very true excellent all right so let's talk about running a life first business Mm -hmm. would y'all explain what you mean by that please
2: yeah. So a life first business for us means that non-negotiably, like our non-negotiables are family first and foremost, and then like ourselves within that family and then our business and then our clients, our business, meaning our team and the actual like longevity of our business and then our clients. And we've prioritized that We, we help our clients start to focus on prioritizing that before you have to, um, and really getting your priorities and your boundaries figured out before you're forced to, we were kind of put into a position where we didn't have any other option, but to focus on ourselves. I had just become a mother when Abigail had had a pretty serious car accident, which led to a traumatic brain injury, which led to a concussion that went undiagnosed for months on end, which led to multiple days of therapy throughout the week for about 18 months so she wasn't like fully here, a hundred percent for a while. And so while I was out with a newborn, she's out healing her brain and we had a business to run still. And we had clients to serve and launches to, to market and people to onboard and everything in between. And we really had to ask ourselves, what is what we call the MVP, like the the simplest version of what we can put out right now, maintain marketing-wise, client-wise, selling-wise, for our business to still exist when we're able to come back, and we saw that our business still grew in times of us stepping away and setting really clear boundaries and working less and and trying not as hard and what I call is like the lazy CEO version. We were like that for like a year and a half. And we basically woke up from that and we're like, well, if these are the results that we got when we didn't try quote, and I put that in air quotes and we didn't really do anything at all, then what could it look like if we actually like created a system around this and created a structure around this and we're really intentional about it and really asked ourselves, what are the values that we want to live in? And so that was when life first business was really born, where we could actually realize that you don't have to sacrifice growth or revenue when you want to step away or when something pops up or when you need to take a mat leave or you get sick or something unexpected happens, you don't have to sacrifice those things within your business. Um, and we want to help you figure out a business that is here for the long haul, not just when you can be present for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what are some of the components of creating a life first business? Because it it sounds like, you know, creating systems would be part of that and creating that time and carving out time for your family and yourself are really essential in that.
1: Yes. However, I think what we really need to be focused on is making sure that if we're going to make life first, our priority, then we have to stop living in a world where we're bending our life around our work and instead make our work bend around our life and so if I love that, that. <laughs> if, if that's the case then like it's not carving out time for life it's it's making time for the work that's necessary to create the sustainability we're looking for and mm-hmm. and for most of our clients you know they start this journey thinking life first will mean for them working 20 hours a week and and spending so much additional time at home and and what we found for the majority is they're burnout they're frustrated they're underpaid and so they are working way too much however when they're paid appropriately and they can prioritize and walk away and and do the life things as they come up, that most of them really enjoy their jobs again. And Mm -hmm. so they're not afraid to work a 30 or 40 hour work week. That's on their terms. It's on their terms when it's really Mm -hmm. defined and allows them to prioritize other things. But for us, we start this process by really diving into your offer because- ultimately what you sell is going to dictate so much of how you spend your time inside your business. And so we like looking at price initially to get back in alignment with what's you need to be charging in order to live the life you're after, and then define what ultimately goes in that package. So we're fitting the deliverables into a price, not the other way around.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then the package contents determines the amount of time. And if you don't get these things in equilibrium, sometimes you have to play with things a little bit. Oh, that's going to make the total amount of time go up to 35 hours. And it really needs to be 25. And so sometimes you need to adjust the offer, but all of this is with the with the lens that you have to be solving a whole problem for your clients, not just part of the problem. And so we really go after identifying what the problem is, how are you creating the solution, and how are you creating a solution that can ultimately be efficient? Now, while the majority of our clients would love to get to the point that they could deliver the exact same offer again and again and again and create a high-tech signature service, which is really what we help them define inside the incubator, especially in an economic downturn that we're seeing right now, many of our clients will have that signature offer that is still the primary thing they ultimately want to go to, but they're all also building other offers so that they can have more continuity with the same set of clients, so that they can keep a client on um, ongoing. And if if that's the case, then they're going to have to deliver other things over time but all of it you have to come back to price you have to come back to the systems that support it and and make sure that as you're building these things you create the client experience that matches the level of support that you've ultimately sold we're we're really big on making sure that you're delivering on what you say you're going to deliver on we kind of talk about it with this a lens of ethical sales like I don't want you overselling. If anything, I want you underselling and over-delivering, but in but a planned over-delivery. A lot of you are doing uh, over-delivery, but you're not getting paid for those things. I want you thinking about how you can over-deliver. And you, maybe you only tell the client about 80% of what you plan to do. And when you do 100% of your plan, they're delighted and surprised and all of these things. And so- Well, I about it
2: in the lens of like over delivering in service because I I'm the expert. So I know what you need to reach this goal. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to clearly define those things. It could be three things. It could be 15 things. It could be one thing. And I'm not going to add on stuff, just because it looks fancy or it looks fuller. I'm only going to literally sell you the thing that you need in order to achieve the result that you tell me that you want to achieve. However, I'm going to absolutely over deliver in you feeling heard, you being supported, the communication going really well, you being confident in where to find all your files or your meeting links or information for revisions or whatever it might be. I think as service providers, we drastically underestimate how much value that over-communication really serves for our clients to be happy in their actual service. It's not just the quality of the delivery that you're giving them. It's literally how they feel while working with you. And I, I want to make you feel amazing. And so I need to have the space and the time in order to create surprise and delights to do that for you.
0: I love that. And that's so true because the actual deliverable, they can get somewhere else. Yes. But the experience with us, they cannot get anywhere else.
2: 100%.
0: So we really do need to over deliver on that because, like you said, it's how they feel while they're with us that's so important. They're not going to refer us to someone else because, oh, the deliverable is she great. did what she said she was going to do exactly <laughs> but no it's oh my god I felt amazing with her she sent me this little gift and mm-hmm. a handwritten thank you card and I was able to reach out and she responded yep. <laughs> I didn't have to wait it, three days really, for her to respond
2: truly about being seen mm-hmm. like I love sharing the example I'm sure a lot of us have heard this but chewy the pet supply Mm -hmm. company. They sell food and toys and all of the things. There was a customer who was a member for a long time and they lost their animal and something about, they got a delivery of food. It made them sad. So they had to like send back the food with a note that like our animal passed away, whatever. Chewy literally wrote like a handwritten note and sent in some sort of present to them like they did not have to do that they They didn't have
1: to see it they literally found a photo of their animal on social yes that's right they commissioned an artist that's right it wasn't just a present to, to paint a custom portrait of the animal they had lost yep and not only refunded her for the actual product that they took back but gave her this unbelievable gift and you know I remember that client because she came to a coaching call just being like completely obliterated emotionally yeah and and be like I can't believe a company of this size would prioritize me in this way and I think that's just such a true example of that's going above and beyond but in a way that like You wouldn't ever see, like there's members of our community that will send a sympathy card if they've lost a loved one or send a gift when they have a new baby. And like, it's not the same every single time. Like Mm -hmm. we're not, if we were trying to make this methodical, then it wouldn't feel as genuine, but like noticing what your clients are going through and truly showing up for them is such a gift. And the only way you can do that is if you have
2: time and headspace to notice that and then take a pause and write a card or order a gift and mail it, because all of us say we don't have time to do those things. You deserve to try to figure out how to make the time. They Mm -hmm. deserve that too.
0: That's great. So backing up to the price first, I love that because you're right. That is not the normal way that Mm -hmm. people are taught to do it. People are taught to create your signature offer first, everything that's going to go in it and now price it. Like, what is it worth?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They ask, what's it worth? What do I think someone will pay for this? Mm-hmm. What are my competitors charging? Mm-hmm. And then out spits this number that doesn't actually mean anything.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the way you're talking about it helps us create a sustainable business yeah, because 100%. Yeah. So, so I'm imagining then how this is going to work because I haven't done it this way and I'm going to go back and look. I like my yeah. pricing now, but I'm going to go back and look anyway. Well, so, I think,
1: I think it's interesting that so often people are creating pricing in a silo, like basing it on what competitors are doing it or are mm-hmm. basing it on the value they think it has or whatever, but it, have you juxtaposed it to, your business income goals, your personal, personal take-home pay that you need as a family. And if you're going to want to make some sort of lifestyle change, we love tying income to realistic lifestyle changes. Like if you want to go from being your house manager and all the things in between and running your business full time and you're like I want to just offload laundry. Okay, mm-hmm. great. What does that actually cost oh and God. how can you build it into your plan and how can you get buy-in from the loved ones in your home to to really walk towards something because I know for both Emily and I it's not just about what we want if, if it was just about what we want like Emily would already have that lake house and I would have already <laughs> remodeled the kitchen like but you can you can still create buy-in internally within your household and work towards something but it's so much about creating that communication and your price at the end of the day has a direct impact on how your house runs and you can absolutely make, sacrifices, but sometimes that doesn't always make sense. Like Mm -hmm. I've seen so many people who are like, well, I'm going to price this for now because I'm trying to build my business, or I'm going to reinvest all of these things so that I can build X, Y, Z thing. And it's like, well, sure, but do you have that luxury? And some of our clients do. Some of our clients absolutely have spouses that can technically handle the whole household income requirements, And them working is seeking a different goal entirely. But if that's not true for you, then you need a price based on what you need. Mm -hmm. And and it's not just about meeting just your income needs, but also as you grow and expand, as you add team members, there's costs there. There's operating expenses there. And how are you holistically looking at the needs that your business is going to have and, you know, additional savings, like there's so much that goes into this, that it's not just a one size fits all approach to it, which is why I've, cause I know a lot of people aren't numbers focused. I've developed proprietary calculators that we include inside of our incubator program so that you don't have to go into this blind. You're not figuring this out on your own. Mm-hmm. And not only are you utilizing our calculators to make some of these calculations for yourself, but I am personally checking your math. So like, <laughs> if, going if you're back, mad at a math like me. <laughs> and so I'm personally going back through it and making sure that, A, there's no errors, but also that you're actually looking at it from that thousand mm-hmm. foot view yeah. to make sure you're really taking everything into account. Well, because honestly, like what
2: we've learned, <laughs> and this was probably like top three, one of the biggest like business surprises that I feel like I've learned over the years is that the majority of our clients aren't actually motivated by money in the same way that we are Mm -hmm. like, like literally at all. And so I got into this thinking like, we're going to price, we're going to feel good about the price because money is awesome because I love money. Personally, Abigail and I are very similarly motivated in the same ways of what money can do for our lives, for our family. We have almost creepily identical family, like family financial goals and specific purposes for where that money is going to go within our family, which is just weird. Uh, that's awesome. Uh I mean, It makes it easier to run. Yes. It. it makes well, it, it easier. hundred percent. <laughs> uh, Cause we're both after one very big lofty thing. And mm-hmm. so, but we're motivated by that together. We're motivated by the dollars and we crunch the numbers and we, oh, we're this close to reaching this new financial milestone. What can we do to make that happen? Cause that's exciting for us. Cause we know what the money's going to unlock. Mm-hmm. Well, with our clients, that's not the case. But what Abigail's walking you through, like I hope that you see your, your business still needs savings mm-hmm. and you're still probably going to need team members and you're still going to need to invest in yourself and learning and conferences and travel and equipment and whatever. Like, so you still need money, even if you don't mm-hmm. quote unquote want it. And so you still deserve to be building a business that makes money ethically that's sustainable that's not you getting burnt out just to break even like that doesn't make sense to me so even if you're not motivated by money you still have to understand where that money is going and what it's for
1: it's so interesting to me the stress relief that comes on oh. the other side. like if you're not motivated by money okay I can I can get behind that I've like come to terms that some of you just I don't. still don't get it but I can I I can I'm <laughs> I can wrap my head around. I can wrap my head around, but it's so funny to me. Most of the time, those people tend to be more affected by the stress that lack of money causes.
0: Yes. Like
1: they're way because they, they, they like, don't think they need it, but then they realize the lack of it is. Oh, but when you don't have it, it it hurts. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. And so they tend to see, High stress around cash flow and all of these things. We had a client last week who, you know, she's in a very specific industry that, like, there's absolutely comparisons that someone could make a phone call and get five quotes. And, you know, you got to be within some kind of range to make things all make sense. But I looked at her numbers and I was like, girl, you will literally put yourself out of business if you continue to operate at, at this rate. Mm-hmm. And I told her essentially to three X, not quite, but damn near close three X mm-hmm. her current price point. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't know if I can, I'm, I'm just unsure. And then like in the middle of literally having this conversation, literally this coaching call that we're having, she got a phone call. That she didn't answer. That went to voicemail, and it was someone who. So she's a professional organizer, and someone needed help moving and pack, like not on the moving part, but the packing and unpacking, and some light organizing on the back end. Potentially some purging on the front end. Anyway, it was a very last minute thing, and she's like, "We don't really have starts next week,
0: kind of. We really Mm -hmm. don't
1: have time for this." And she was like, "I don't know. I'm kind of tempted to just like throw out the higher number and like." You because if we don't need this and like you t- don't want to do time it, for really. it, then and I was like, okay, I get that you don't really want to and it's inconvenient, but if you were paid blankety, pre blank, like, X, yeah. would, would, would you do it the same thing, feel the same way? And she's like, oh my God, I'd be so excited. Yeah. And so she got on the phone, and in less than 20 minutes after we got off our call, she was like, they said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they paid the invoice like the same day, and she's just like, I don't, just I could have <laughs> never understood. And so for so many of our clients, price is something that causes a lot of stress and a lot of tension. And we tell all of them, you really just need one person to say yes to that mm-hmm. new. We're gonna be like, like mm-hmm. oh, I got this, I got this, <laughs> and like, sure, the more premium you make your offer you may see your conversion rates go down, but are you okay having two okay. extra conversations? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like right. why are we making this out to be such a big deal? So mm-hmm. I, I'm incredibly passionate about what pricing can unlock and then love packing on sales strategy and systems and support and all the things to, <laughs> to really yeah. make it all sing and work together.
0: That's awesome. Because yeah, better to have more sales conversations than take on way more clients at that lower price point. It saves
1: you so much time. So yep. much time. Yes.
0: Yeah. Higher price point, fewer clients. Yep. Yep. That's my jam. Can avoid burnout. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, couple more questions about podcasting unless you all have something else you want to add about life first business
1: you're good Ask away. Yeah,
0: okay awesome so in teaching women to uh women entrepreneurs to start a podcast yeah uh, two big reasons that they say or that they hesitate to start one I don't have anything to say and Bologna. I'm afraid no one wants to listen to me
2: baloney yeah. Yeah. <laughs> baloney on both um <laughs> In my I and mean, not just my opinion, like research still shows that podcasting is still on the rise. Like, yes, yeah, it definitely had like a burst a couple of years ago not a burst, but like a very people were super into it and starting shows left and right.
0: Um, but it but is few less than 40 percent of podcasts are active. Oh, right. I
2: know. that's what I mean, yep. right. So like, yeah, they're starting it. And just because people have an idea, doesn't mean that they're maintaining. And also doesn't mean that there's still room for you. Like there's a show for everyone, just like there's a, an audio book for everyone or the books and And YouTube channels, YouTube and and blogs. Yeah, exactly. And I, of course you have something to say. Everyone has something to say. It doesn't also, to me, I've always been in the camp of like, even if like 10 people were impacted by my show, hundred people, 50 people, whatever, like I'm going to say the same thing anyways. Like our conversations are really just recorded, like business conversations that Abby and I have about like nerding out about a topic or what's your opinion about this thing so if we're gonna have the conversation anyways we might as well record it and mm-hmm. put it up on there so other mm-hmm. people can be nosy and get to listen to those conversations I'm sure you have something similar yeah. and so if you're gonna think about it stress about it call the BFF and talk about it you might as well record it and see what happens
1: yeah, I think to ease some of the anxiety, perhaps around the, I don't know what to say. I will say having a conversation in a podcast is yeah. by far easier than having a monologue. Um, and it would be so hard for
2: me to do a solo. I, I think though. I would
1: struggle with a solo show. So, you know, there's options. Like if if that's something you're intimidated by, then you can either find a co-host that you really enjoy or you can absolutely start a show by doing primarily interviews Mm -hmm. and and interviewing guests and then as you get more confident in having Mm -hmm. those conversations splitting off and doing solo episodes but Emily and I have never done there's never been a show in the almost 700 that we've done 100% solo it either Mm -hmm. was right it, it was either me and a guest her and a guest the both of us and a guest or the two of us talking we've never done a monologue show and it it didn't have any impact in our ultimate success so don't be intimidated that you have to be 100 percent confident on the mic by yourself and no. all of that to say I would I would have never imagined that I could keep going for 700 no. episodes however you do get better at this. You Mm -hmm. get better at not saying ums and ahs and those sort of things. You get better at pausing and thinking about your next point. You might get better at outlining. Some people I know do a lot more outlining and planning. Emily and I are very off the cuff. If we, if we have any sort of planning, it's like five bullet points that we must hit on. But other than that, it is very much on the fly. Um, but you f- you got to figure out what style is going to work for you and how you feel best at it. But the only way you're going to get better is practice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
2: I just did the math, and we have 22 straight days of podcast, <laughs> 24 hours a day for 22 days. You could watch listen to every show we've ever wow. released, and that's, that's a lot of an average that. of the minutes. Some yeah. of them are longer, shorter.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That'd be quite the binge.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <Good> luck, guys <laughs> I'm a I'm a famous binge watcher. I have not mm-hmm. binged podcasts yet, but oh, I do
2: I-, I do binge podcasting yeah. like at night, if I'm working on like a craft or something creative mm. after my kiddo goes to bed, I'll catch yeah. up on like some true crime or storytelling yeah, podcast and do like
0: three, four, five in the evening. That's <laughs> true. Now, when I do road trips, yes, is when I binge podcasts. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. what Furies. most yeah.
1: of our listeners will say. They're like, "Oh, i I made my whole family listen on an eight-hour road trip." Cross yeah, like yes. so
2: sorry, fam.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: sorry about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what would you say is the biggest practical benefit y'all have gotten out of podcasting? Hmm.
1: Practical benefit, I will say, uh, you know, as much as I love educating, I don't love doing my hair and makeup. (laughs) <laughs> at, literally at all and so like I the amount of podcasts that are straight up recorded in pajamas with messy yeah. hair uh, you know to be able to show up quote-unquote professionally but not have to feel this pressure to like also show up in a certain way to be Mm -hmm. taken professional. I don't know. I love audio only. If I could do audio only all the time, I would. We obviously have dipped our toes into webinars and challenges and summits and every kind of video thing you can think of. Some TikTok, some YouTube, some reels, shorts, all the things. We're everywhere. (laughs) We're all, we've done all the things, but always, it comes back to audio only being our
0: favorite. Yeah. Yeah. hundred. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what is the most personally rewarding thing y'all have gotten out of podcasting?
2: I feel like for me, I mean, I don't know. I kind of piggybacks off of what Abby just said, but I feel like, so when we first started uh, our business, we felt like there wasn't the, the best options for communities for us to be in and for us to exist and for us to be unapologetically ourselves and to share our very strong opinions about marketing or business or selling tactics, pricing, like whatever. Um, my opinion on pricing alone has gotten me banned from some communities before. Um, and And I, at some points in my life have felt bad for having such a strong opinion about things, but the podcast and the, the true love that our listeners, especially our longtime listeners have about the show just continues to reiterate that when we show up as ourselves, it's worth it every single time. Mm -hmm. And that I don't have to apologize for the opinions that I have or how I deliver them in my own show. (laughs) Like it feels like this really cool space that is for other people. But it is 100% ours and in our creative control. I mean, we approve every single ad spot that goes on to that show. We do the intro outros. We do all the recordings. It's very, like no edits. Like it's just compiling the audio together. We don't like bleep anything out. We don't remove anything. Like it is like it's the purest that it could be. And the community that has come from that, that's like, thank you for having this conversation. Thank you for saying it in this way. Thank you for explaining this has been really helpful for, for us throughout the,
1: the uh, For sure. On the personal side, it's the, it's the gratitude from our listeners. Like I hearing people share incredibly personal stories about their transformation inside their own business on a maybe a very specific topic that we talked about and and also sometimes it's the personal stories like you know Emily's adopted and I've gone through some chronic health issues and having listeners connect to us on a very personal level because of the things we've been through it it allows people to feel like they're part of something and we're having a real impact on people that's actually changing lives. And Mm -hmm. I know Emily and I would do it even if it was for just one person, Mm -hmm. it is absolutely worth our time. But knowing that we've touched at this point, millions of lives is the most, I can't even quite fathom that to the point that I honestly get a little, Multiple millions. Like it, it <laughs> like it, it freaks me out on a on a level at some point. But mm-hmm. but also it's really incredibly cool.
0: That is awesome. Thank y'all so much for sharing that. So, how can listeners find you to learn more and work with you?
2: Yes. Well, definitely go listen to our podcast first of all. Uh, Strategy Hour podcast. You can find it literally wherever you listen, whatever your favorite platform is. Go give it a listen. I would love for you all to rate, review, and subscribe if you can. That truly, truly helps the show a lot. Uh, So thank you for taking the time to do that. You can definitely see more. We have also a slew of blog posts. We haven't stopped writing since like 2015. So there's some really great content over on our website at bossproject.com. Um, so if you prefer like reading or a little bit more visual element behind your learning, a lot of the blogs that we write back up what we say on the podcast, just in a different learning style. Um, so you can kind of like have a full experience there. And then Abby, where do you want to send them?
1: Yeah, in terms of working with us, if you're interested in getting more help on the pricing and packaging and ultimately how to set up a life first business to create that sustainability, the incubator is the place to be. And so I definitely encourage you to go fill out our very short application. You can go to bossproject.com slash scale. and and fill out the application. And then then you and I will have a personal conversation to make sure it makes sense for you and walk through what next steps look like. But it's a no obligation kind of thing. So feel free to reach out. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about what your big goals are. Also, we are booking for 2023 on the agency side of our business. And so if you want help implementing these things, whether that's a new website, or um, that really speaks to your prospects, or a sales strategy intensive to walk through what it is that you're you're trying to ultimately put out into the world. Building out your CRM, building out your client experience. We're here to support you, and you can join our waitlist at bossproject.com/waitlist and book a time to chat with me more about what that would look like.
0: Awesome! I will share all those links in the show notes as well. Thank For you. you. Thank y'all so much for being here today. This has been awesome chatting with y'all. I really appreciate everything that you shared and I'm sure listeners have gotten so much benefit from it.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Podcast Launchpad. Be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email or send me a DM on Instagram follow the links in the show notes. I really appreciate you for being here. See you next time on the Podcast Launchpad.